Good morning, everybody. How are you feeling today? All right. Good morning, everybody at home. Hope you're ready to sing along with us. All right. Christmas time is here. Happiness and cheer. Fun for all the children call their favorite time of year. Snowflakes in the air, carols everywhere. Olden times and ancient rhymes of love and dreams to share. Sleigh bells in the air, beauty everywhere. Yuletide by the fireside, and joyful memories there. Christmas time is here, we'll be drawing near. Oh, that we could always see such spirit through the That's the awesome band. Oh, yeah. Sleigh bells in the air, beauty everywhere. Yuletide by the fireside, joyful memories there. Christmas time is here. We'll be drawing near. Oh, that we should always see such spirit through the year. Oh, that we should always see such spirit through the Sunday morning service today. Our services are at 9.30 and 11.30 Central Time, and we live stream our 9.30 service. So we welcome all our live streamers this morning. Watch our services anytime on demand at our website or on YouTube. Big news in the bookstore today. Uh, today and today only, everything is 25% off, including previously discounted items. Books, cards, hats, puzzles, straws, t-shirts, and there are some free items as well. Stop and check out all the deals. Join Lori and Aaron at our holiday sing-along right after the second service today. That'll be fun. Our winter solstice service is at uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. in the Fillmore Room, and everyone is invited. 
We've got two options for Christmas Eve candlelight services on December 24th. Join us at our 5 p.m. family-friendly service or an 8 p.m. service uh, with the Unity Choir. The 8 p.m. service will be live streamed. Christmas Day is on Sunday, and we'll have one service only at 9.30, and the service will be live streamed. On December 31st, you're invited to welcome a new year of connection, peace, and hope at Unity Minneapolis. Join us in person or on Zoom for readings, songs, and meditation beginning at 11 o'clock. At 11.45 p.m., we'll silently hold space or hold sacred space for the incoming year. And the following day, Sunday, January 1st, each morning service will be a burning bowl service. January brings a variety of classes and workshops, including an introduction to A Course in Miracles, Lessons in Truth, What's, what's Next, What's Now, a visioning workshop, and an active hope class. Um, details for these upcoming events and activities are in your bulletin on the church website, Facebook page, or our weekly emails happening at, at Unity or Peak at the Week. And you can also email or call the church office. And now, please um, join me in prayer, um, led by Reverend Pat. I invite you, if you would, just to go to that place within your heart and within your mind where only you can go. And this morning, I want you to feel that divine presence as it moves in and through you today as the activity of life itself, as the activity of faith, the activity of peace, the activity of love, and the activity of joy. We give thanks that we have these qualities within us today. And on this Advent season, we recommit to expressing these qualities in our life, knowing without a doubt that we are that divine presence in expression. And for that, we are grateful. So today, as we come together to celebrate this magnificent Christmas season and the birth of Jesus, our teacher and our way shore, we also celebrate the birth of the Christ presence within us. And for that, we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And so it is, and so we let it be. Amen. The four Sunday journey into Christmas is complete today. This week, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, our wayshower, who became the perfect manifestation of the Christ. This same Christ presence is born anew in us and becomes visible in our lives in this Christmas season. We began our Advent journey with hope, with faith. We then decorated our lives with peace. Love in the Bethlehem of our homes and hearts. This candle today represents joy. Let your joy shine. Smile. Let's try that. Smile. I'm looking out here. I'm going, where's the smiles I want to see this morning? So we smile. We laugh. We are peaceful. We help others. 
Joy comes from inside you, inside you. So let your joy shine. In Luke, we read, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We let our joy shine. Sonia and Chris and Gabby Bjork, I'm going to invite you forth to light the candle of joy this morning. She's growing up like a weed, as my mother would say. She's just great. Let us uh, let's appreciate this family this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Now let us pray together, please. Father, Mother God, we realize the presence of your pattern within us. We accept your guidance so that we may express this pattern of the Christ as we live each day of the year. In joy and goodwill, we go forth to do your will this Christmas season, and we say thank you, thank you, God, and so it is, and so we let it be. Amen. We invite you to stand if you're able to do so as we sing together, Joy to the World. All right, everybody, don't hold back now. You guys sing out. You guys ready? She was born. Schwab, you would brighten anyone's Christmas, so thank you for being here. We're always great to have you with us today. You know, I know that if you live in Minnesota, that you believe in life after death. I know you do, because yesterday those Vikings were dead. 
And they came right back from the grave. And so, oh my goodness, I had someone call and say, you got a minute to talk, Reverend Matt? The Vikings are so bad, I turned the TV off. And I thought, well, I must come in second place or something, you know? So, of course, but I think they regretted turning the television off. But wasn't that an amazing game yesterday? You know, and it was just, uh, I'm just... I don't normally comment on sports because I hardly don't know which way the ball is supposed to be going. But it was just an amazing time. Let me center myself and do my job this morning. You know, unity is a wonderful teaching, and we offer practical things that help us live meaningful and healthy and prosperous lives. Unity is also an open and welcoming, inclusive community. And one of our core values here, dear friends, is that of welcoming. So, dear friends, if you're with us today as this, you're a guest or perhaps you feel like a guest or perhaps I haven't seen you in a very, very, very long time, <laughs> and we would like to acknowledge your presence. So, if you're with us today, you're new or you feel like you're new, haven't been with us for a while, give us a chance to honor your presence. Take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see some people out there. Keep your hand up, please. Keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up, please, until our ushers get to you. That packet of information tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis. Uh, if you turn that card into our book desk, we have a gift for you. The rose is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you and give you that one-on-one -on -one personal welcome. And so we're really grateful you're with us today. Also, I want to speak to those that are live streaming with us today. We thank you for joining us. And I also just want to remind you that we would love your energy as well right here in this sanctuary. So, dear friends, if you're live streaming with us today, we want to make a personal invitation for you to come and join us as, as well. If you'd like for someone from our community to reach out to you, there's a link there to a contact if you'll fill out that card. I can assure you that one of our staff members will reach out to you. Oh, my goodness, all of that's important, and yet one of the most important things that I say on this platform each and every Sunday morning is this, and that is, my dear friends, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you're welcome here. We welcome you, we bless you, and we behold the living presence of the divine within you. Let's appreciate these marvelous guests today. Now let's affirm together our core values, and our core values are in your order of service. Together, we are loving, transforming, welcoming, spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. And now the uh, affirmation for the fourth Sunday of Advent. On this day of Advent, I look for the many faces of joy in each moment. Let's do that again. On this day of Advent, I look for the many faces of joy in each moment. Again, we're really glad you're with us today. Thank you for spending part of your time with us. And now let's settle in for the reading of the Daily Word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the Daily Word. You're invited to mentally add your prayers to the prayer box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court, where you may add your written prayers to the box. You may also submit um, an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they're forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today, Sunday, 
December 18th, 2022, is joy. And we affirm, joyfully, I celebrate my oneness with God. As the three wise men followed the star to Bethlehem to greet the newborn child, I follow my inner light and discover the Christ within. As I approach the conclusion of Advent season, I realize that this, rather than material goods or creature comforts, is the source of my joy. The Christ within is the part of me that is always one with God. Omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. When I face challenging times, I can draw from that inner wellspring of joy, my foundation of irrepressible strength and fortitude. I have within me the power to overcome any challenge. This day, this moment, I am joy-filled, and I celebrate the overflowing blessings of my divinity. And from Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. We affirm, joyfully I celebrate my oneness with God. The word for today is joy. Okay, here we go. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song?
And after we've sung the Gloria, let us take a moment now. Take a deep breath with me. And let us go into that center place where we know that the Christ is. And reflect and meditate on the glory of that new. Take a deep breath. Feel the energy, the love, the joy as it moves through us, out into our world, as we connect heart to heart through distance, through time, and as we consciously focus on that connection, the stream of joy, the energy that is joy explodes within us. Take another deep breath and allow yourself to just be in the moment, relaxing, resting, in that amazing connection and in the joy. The joy that is God. And another deep breath and then just let go and be. And as we share this time together, allow the words that I share to speak to your heart and take you even deeper into the knowing of oneness. Joy is an essential spiritual practice growing out of faith, grace, gratitude, hope, and love. It is the pure and simple delight in being alive Joy is our elated response to feelings of happiness, experiences of pleasure, and an awareness of abundance. It is also the deep satisfaction we know when we are able to serve others and be glad for their good fortune. Another breath. And feel it. Joy is the infallible sign of the presence of God. Take that knowing into your heart. And let us move into the silence.
I look for joy in the connection with my soul and in my connection with the world. Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. For the experience of joy transcends the self and is also an experience of participation in the well-being and the lives of others. Paradoxically, joy makes it possible to face the suffering of the world and not be seduced into a dark imagination that says such pain is too big, too daunting, too overwhelming to ever be healed or transformed. And at the same time, accepting the presence of suffering and taking it into my heart in compassionate and empathetic ways opens me to joy because it opens me to the reality of connectedness. Joy is the infallible sign of the presence of God, one shining light that can show the way. There's tinsel moonlight on the waves. My soul was lost, but here I am. So this must be amazing grace. One tiny child can change the world. One shining light can show the way. For all my tears, for what I have lost, there's still my joy, there's still my joy on 
one Christmas day. There's still my joy on Christmas Day. An Irish dad calls his son in London the day before Christmas Eve and says, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. Dad, what are you talking about? We can't stand the sight of each other any longer. We're sick of each other. We're sick, about, we're sick of, of talking about this. So you call your sister in Leeds and tell her. The son calls his sister who explodes on the phone. Like heck they're getting a divorce, she shouts. I'll take care of this. She calls Ireland immediately and screams at her father. You're not getting the divorce. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back. And we'll both be there tomorrow. Until then... Don't do a thing. Do you hear me? She hangs up. The old man turns his, uh, hangs up his phone and turns to his wife. They're coming home for Christmas and they're paying their own way. <laughs> it never gets old to me. And this, book, this one is from Holy Humor, Sunday Smiles. That was, this one was from Jokes Your Minister Can Tell. So, um, let me see. After setting up the, this was in the bulletin. After setting up the manger scene, the congregation will join us in singing the first motel. So, oh, a little humor. As you know, um, we've been intertwining the four agreements with Advent. And of course, it works perfectly for me because of these qualities here that the Advent that we honor and that we appreciate and that we love and we strive to express in our life, you know, that hope and that faith and that peace and that love and that joy that are all within us, I believe that in order for us to allow these qualities to come through us and express as us, it often takes some transformational work. You know, we use that term loosely sometimes, don't we, about transformation. But transformation literally means changing 
So if I am going to express these, there's ways that I need to change. And I believe that the four agreements is an avenue of expression that we can use in our life in order to transform our life and be able to express these qualities within us. I also believe that these, these uh, four agreements complement in a beautiful way our unity teachings. As we've gone through them, you can see how they have tied into our belief system or the things that we teach here, such as one presence and one power, that presence and that power is within me. The activity of our thinking has something to do with our life. And it's through prayer and meditation that we connect to that divine presence. And of course, not only do we have to understand these and know these, we have to step forth and we have to live these in our own life. The Four Agreements is a roadmap to transformation. You know, we started out this journey with the Four Agreements by talking about agreements. We talked about the agreements that we make with ourselves. We usually do that, as Reverend Phil reminded us in that first lesson on the Four Agreements. He reminded us that often we make these agreements almost on an unconscious level. He reminded us that from age zero to one, that we're almost hypnotic. We just take in what the world comes our way. And I bet you, you can relate to that. I bet you can relate to taking in what your parents say. Oh my goodness, parents are God's parents. You have some of the most sacred work in the whole wide world. You do. It is sacred work. Thank you for what you do. I'm not a parent, but oh my gosh, what you do is amazing to me and how you shape and mold these beautiful souls that have been put in your, in your care. Anyway, that was a sideline. I'll come back to the lesson. Needless to say, we take these agreements on. We take them on from society. We take them on from our parents. We take them on from teachers and clergy and church. Now, in unity, I don't think we would call these agreements. I believe in unity, we would call these, these, these are our beliefs. These are our beliefs that we have taken on because of other people. And as I was thinking about that in preparation for my lesson, I was thinking about some of the agreements that I took on early on in my life. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I would imagine that you too can remember some of those agreements. That you maybe, you may like me, you might be still working with some of them. I am. One of my core agreements that I took on as a child was I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And if I asked for a show of hands, I would imagine that about 50% of you would, might be able to raise your hand on that. I'm not good enough, therefore I'm not worthy enough. I remember having in seminary Frank Judice as my, as my faculty advisor, and he told me one day when I was doing my monthly, quarterly, whatever deal I was doing, he said to me, you know, this core value, I'm not good enough. You really need to work on that. And I said, Reverend Frank, you think? You think I need to work on it? Of course I do. I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. Those were two things that I constantly work with in my life. So I, we take on these agreements, you know, especially then when, you, when I acknowledged and I became aware, I should say this, when I became aware that I was different, that I was a gay man, I was like, oh my gosh, I took on more agreements. 
more agreements that I needed to work on. Those agreements as I had to work harder than other people. I had to prove myself. I took these agreements on and they have motivated and they have run my life so many times when I did not want them to. But we make these agreements at a very young age. By, by the way, side note, Don Miguel Ruiz had surgery, I think, this past week. He is recovering nicely from a heart transplant. So I'm really grateful for that, and I'm grateful that he is still in this expression of life. We pray with him, and we also hold the young lady that provided the heart, that soul in prayer as well. So one, one single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements and make us suffer, that we make us fail in life. If we want to live a life of joy and fulfillment, you have to find the courage to break those agreements that are fear-based and claim your personal power. The agreements that come from fear require us to expend a lot of energy, but the agreements that come from love help us to conserve energy and even gain extra energy. Is that not powerful? Those agreements. So what we want to do is we want to replace that agreement of I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy to I am that perfect perfection of God. I am that perfect perfection of God and believe that, that I am enough. And when we make those agreements and we change those agreements in our life, we come from a place of love and we have more energy in our own life. So we started out that first Sunday with being impeccable with our word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. And do not use the word against yourself. This is a, this is a huge agreement right now here. In fact, it's probably the most important agreement that we've looked at because of the power of the spoken word. The power of the spoken word, you know, and I know that the power of the spoken word is creative. We teach that in unity. It is absolutely necessary that we speak, as they say, speak the word. And as we speak the word, it begins to create things in our own life. And also, we, we can get to the point, or I feel like that I can get to the point, when I can be even... I can speak the word in a way that's not damaging to someone else. I still am to that point in my own life where I speak the word internally. You know, no one knows you're speaking the word, but you speak the word to yourself more than anyone else. You are constantly thinking. And those thoughts, my dear friend, are creative. And so as you think that word, you are speaking it. And when we speak that word in a negative way, it begins to create negative things in our own life. So I want to be, we want to be careful how we speak the word and not use it against ourselves. I love also, he gave the example in the book. He, I believe he, he gave the example in the book. He talked about the importance of Whatever we put out there to someone else, in thought or in word, it comes back to us. Guess what? You see someone, he, he used this example. You see someone walking down the street 
or you know someone, and you call them stupid. Not anyone in this sanctuary would do that. That's really a harsh example, calling them stupid. But you use that example. Guess what you're doing? You're calling yourself stupid. That's what you're doing. You see, you're, it comes back to you. It comes back to you. So we want to be very careful of the power of our spoken word. And then he goes on to say, the second agreement is don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. <laughs> really? I'm really important. Everything you do, I mean, it's got to be because of me. I'm the center of the universe. Bottom line is, nothing others do to you is because of you. It is because of them. This is their universe that they are living in. And they are projecting it from their universe into your universe. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality. When you are immune to the opinions and acts of others, you won't be a victim of needless suffering. Wow. <laughs> that means you are immune to all of it. Just not the negative, but also the positive as well. It means all of it. You don't take it personal. This is a powerful, powerful law. Don't take anything personally. Let me share a little bit of what he has to say about that. Let's see if I can find that on 56. Don't take anything personally, because by taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing. That's a challenge sometimes, isn't it? I find it a challenge sometimes, and people tell me this too, especially when someone you are emotionally attached to, a friend, someone at work, your lover, your partner, your friend, don't take it personal. And then he goes on to say, and this really hits home, humans are addicted to suffering at different levels to different degrees, and we support each other in maintaining these addictions. Humans agree to help each other suffer If you have the need to be abused, you will find it easy to be abused by others. Likewise, if you are with people who need to suffer, something in you makes you abuse them. It is as if they have a note on their back that says, please kick me. They are asking for justification for their suffering. Their addiction to suffering is nothing but an agreement that is reinforced every day. It's really a challenge sometimes not to take things personally and, not, and to watch and be impeccable with our word. 
But he says that if we can make these two agreements, Ruiz says if we can make these two agreements work in our life, we have achieved 75% of our transformation. Two agreements. Be impeccable with your word and don't take it personally. Wow. That's powerful. And then he goes on, don't make assumptions. That third agreement, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. <laughs> Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstanding, sadness, and drama. He goes on to say this agreement can transform your life. Let me share with you just a sentence or two of what he has to say. He goes, making assumptions in our relationship is really asking for problems. Often we make assumptions that our partners know what we think and that we don't have to say what we want. We assume they're going to do what we want because they know us so well. If they don't do what we assume they should do, we feel so hurt and say, you should have known. We've lived together 20 years, Eddie. You should have known that. Or your partner, how long you've been together? You just, you know, people say you can read each other's minds when you've been together so long. Well, that has not been my case yet, you know? So I still get to ask and be clear about it. Be clear before I just go and act on it. Because it always comes back and kicks me in the derriere. You know? So, and sometimes I think we don't ask. I should speak for myself. Sometimes I think I don't ask because I don't want the answer. Sometimes I feel like if I don't ask, I can still live in the vagueness of it. I can still live in the dream. I think other times I, I, I might just not have the courage to ask. Again, the courage to ask clarifying questions sometimes can be really interesting because we don't always, we know even before we ask sometimes that we will not get the answer that we want. He goes on to say, don't make assumptions. Number four, always do your best. And I love this. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you're healthy as opposed to when you're sick. We know that, don't we? You know that. Ah, I also know that in my life, and observing my life, that I am usually at my best in the mornings. I'm at my best in the mornings. In late afternoon, I am usually not at my best, or I feel that I'm not at my best. But I'm at my best in the afternoon if I'm doing the best I can where I am. Does that make sense? Of course it does. So it gives me permission not to compare the afternoon to the morning. It gives me permission to uh, <laughs> know that when, when I trot around the track at the gym, 
I'm not running the marathon pace that I ran in 1988. My best then is different than my best now, but it is still my best. Under any circumstance, under any circumstance, simply do your best. You will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and self-regret. We know that. He also says on page 76 of his book, let me read a couple of lines about what he says about best. And also, before I read it, though, he says that, and I believe that this one, always do your best, really ties into our principle number five in unity. Unity says not only do we have to understand these principles, we have to live them. We have to get out there and live them and put these principles into action. And basically what he's saying is if we don't put these agreements, these new agreements with action, so what? Nothing happens. (laughs) Can't we relate to that? How many times have we had divine ideas and not put them into action and have regretted it? Or how many times someone else has given you a divine idea expecting you to put it into action and not doing it? I know. We have that opportunity right here in church. I know that's hard to believe. But many people have divine ideas about what could or should be done. And they want you to do it. So I know a little bit about putting these uh, agreements into action. He goes to say, action is about living fully. Inaction is the way that we deny life. Inaction is sitting in front of the television every day for years because you are afraid to be alive and to take the risk of expressing what you are. Expressing what you are is taking action. You, you can have many great ideas in your head, but what, but what makes the difference is the action. Without action upon the idea, there will be no manifestation, no results, no reward. <laughs> We can have ideas about a beautiful remodeled building till the cows come home. We can think we want everybody to be accessible here. But until we put these ideas into action and truly manifest it, so what? We haven't done anything. Action is important. So, he says... If we do our best in living these first three, and it takes repetition, 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 that our world will be transformed. Beautifully said. Now, doing my best sometimes has been a trap for me. It can be a trap for me. But he also points out very early in this chapter, he says that to do our best means to expend the right amount of energy. Let's see exactly how he says that. I want to share that because it's really an important, it was important to me. Therefore, therefore I'm assuming that it's important to you. And then I don't find it. I don't find it. But he basically says, that if we put out too much energy, we're wasting it. It's to find that balance of what is right, that balance of how much energy we need to put out 
and still say that we've done our best. You know, sometimes in preparation for a lesson, <laughs> I look over at Reverend Tony because she's one of those probably can relate to this as well. That's an assumption on my part, Reverend Tony. But sometimes you go, okay, it's finished. I cannot put any more into it. And it says, you know, the lesson is never finished. It's just time to give it. It's just time to give it. So often we want to go over and over. And I said, where did that come from? Where did that come from? And as I reflected back in my life, I can remember bringing home report cards as a child. <laughs> Some of you may not know what a report card is. You're so young. <laughs> Some of you know the little columns there. They had little columns. They were so cute. You know, it's columns, and it's a joy to have Pat in class. You know, it's a joy. But the bottom line was, you know, the check mark was appropriate, and then you got into high school, and it was an A and a B and a C, and you had to bring that report card home. And if the grades were not really good, which, which be honest with you, my grades were always, you know, Bs and As, and occasionally a C. But anyway, not often. So when you'd bring that report card home, if it was that C, you weren't anxious to share it sometimes. But your parents, somehow or another, I don't know how parents know this. I think they're just, they're just born in parents. They know when that report card is due. And they will ask you for that report card. And so I remember coming up, and if I had a B, my father would look at that, and he would say, is that the best you can do? And he would say, if that's the best you can do, great. But I believe you can do better. Now, how I internalized that was shame. How I internalized that was, I've got to work till the cows come home to get that A. To get that A. So sometimes I get mixed up doing my best with perfectionism. There's a difference between doing our best and perfectionism. I think perfectionism can, can stop you. I believe it's one of the most dreadful things in the world to think that you have to be perfect. I just started and almost completed a book, and it's called Imperfect Spirituality. That's me, Imperfect Spirituality. And I'll close this little lesson with a story from it. A water bearer carried two pots of water along the path from the stream to the house. And one of the pots had a crack in it and only arrived half full while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water. The perfect pot was poured, was proud of its accomplishments, but the crack pot was ashamed of its imperfection and miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it had been made to do. And after two years of bitter failure, the crack pot spoke to the water bearer I'm ashamed of myself and sorry that I have been <clears throat> able to deliver only half my load. Because of my flaws and cracks, I am not as valuable as you, the pot said. The bearer said to the pot, did you notice where flowers were only on one side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I've always known about your flaw." I planted flower seeds on the side of the path. Every day while we walk back, 
you watered them. For two years, I've been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate the table. Without your imperfection, without you being just the way you are, there would not be this beauty to grace our house. Don't get doing the best you can mixed up with being perfect. Our imperfections are our gift. And we, my dear friends, we must not forget that. We are fine just the way we are. So you have an assignment this week if you choose to accept it. And I'm assuming you will accept it. (laughs) I want you to just reflect on these four agreements. Reflect, maybe just take one of them. And reflect on it this holiday season. If you're like, if you're going to be with family and your family is anything like my family, you'll have the opportunity to practice, practice, practice. So I would suggest you take these, one of these agreements and start putting them in place in your home, in your mind first, and then in your home. And then this holiday season, I would like for you to also consider that you give the gift of love this holiday season. You know, I, this, we've done this before, and I've had feedback on this that was just amazing. This little slip of paper says, I give the gift of love. And it says, dear, and you fill in the name, the things I love about you are, if I could give you anything in the world, I would give you, fill it in. The best times I've ever had with you were, what I wish for you is. My dear friends, these are available in the garden court. Take several and fill these out. And then sit down with someone you love this Christmas. Share this with them. I promise you it will be one of the greatest gifts of love that you could possibly give. I love you. I bless you. I behold the living presence of the divine within you. And so it is. Amen. God bless you. Whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream colored ponies and crisp apple strudel, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. Okay, this one really is my favorite things. 
Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and the eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things. And then I don't feel so bad. with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, well, I simply remember my favorite things. And then I don't feel so bad. So bad. Thank you. Uh, wow, Dave and the other Dave, you guys really got it together, didn't you? Thank you so much. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, Thank Laurie. you, Reverend Pat. Thank you. Dear friends, at the, at the end of each year, we invite you to make a special gift to Unity Minneapolis. We call it our very clever year-end gift. So we invite you to make a year-end gift to Unity Minneapolis. This is over and above your normal giving. Uh, it is uh, part of our budgeting process, and this year is no exception. I know that we have many things out there that require your attention and your finances, and we prayerfully ask you to consider a year-end gift over and above your normal giving here at Unity. We have some great folks this morning that's going to share why they make a year-end gift with us. That's Mona and Lee Spencer right here. Mona and Lee, uh, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I married this couple. They're still together and got two beautiful children. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Good morning. My name is Mona Spencer, this is my husband Lee, and we're here to tell you about why we chose to give the annual um, year-end giving donation to Unity Minneapolis. We believe in the spiritual law of giving and receiving, so we know that whatever we give will come back to us in great abundance. We also believe in giving where we are spiritually fed, and Unity Min Minneapolis is our spiritual home. I've attended Unity Minneapolis since I was a young child. When I was a teenager, I was in YOU, which was a part, key part of my upbringing and development as a person. After college, I came back to my spiritual home and feel so fortunate to have Unity Minneapolis in my life and to share it with my family. 
Unity to me is a place where I can come to be spiritually connected to spirit, the world, the universe, without judgment and exactly as I am. Also, my father was a Muslim, and I never felt as if that wasn't okay or as if I didn't belong here because of it. We had the honor and privilege to be married by Reverend Pat, as he said. Our children were christened by Reverend Pat. So unity means to me a place that is open, inclusive, loving, and welcoming to all people, no matter race, culture, gender, orientation. They also welcome you wherever you are in your spiritual journey. I also appreciate Unity's positive upbringing lessons, incorporating other religions into Unity's lessons, no matter um, what religion you practice, it kind of brings us all together that we are just one human race. Um, so we ask you to join Mona and I in making a year-end gift above and beyond what you traditionally give. Thank you. Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. Thank you. If you don't know this couple, it would be to your advantage and to theirs, I believe, to get to know them. They're just wonderful folks. We invite our ushers to come forth as we prepare to receive our Sunday offering, our tithes, and our gifts. So let's just take a moment and go within. As we go within, we feel that presence of the divine. We understand that spiritual law of circulation, that spiritual law of giving and receiving. And for that, we are grateful. So now let us affirm together our offertory blessing found in your order of service. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am, and silently. Thank you, God. Amen. Those of you that are streaming with us today, we invite you to make that gift to Unity Minneapolis as well. It's easy to do so. You can go to Unity Minneapolis slash donate. Also, there's a QR code that's available to you as well. And also, we'll be happy to receive a check. So we just take a moment and pause during this beautiful season of Christmas. And as we do, we give thanks for the many blessings of life. And we hold those in our heart today that are especially facing health challenges, loss of loved ones, those that are grieving. We give thanks that that divine presence of joy, yes, is present still. For Christ, the presence is there. 
And so we bless these gifts and we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. Thank you. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Inviting our on-duty Unity Prayer Chaplains to please stand. These individuals arrived early. They held sacred space in the sanctuary. They're here to hold that sacred space with you, to listen with the ears of their heart, to pray aloud with you, and then to hold what they have heard in the strictest of confidence. So today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Thank you for your service. You may be seated. Kristen Dula, a longtime member of our church, uh, active in our women's group, active in many areas of this church. She, when I moved here 16 years ago, she helped me find my first apartment. Uh, she made her transition on Thursday, uh, and so many of you know her. We'll hold that family in prayer. Uh, arrangements and services have not been announced. So but I had permission to share that. And I was with her just a few days before she transitioned, and it, it was certainly, certainly expected, certainly expected. So hold that family. Hold that family in your heart and in your prayers today. Uh, I believe we have youth out there. I hope we have youth out there. I'm sure there's some parents in here that hope we have youth out there. So uh, let's stand together as we bring in our children. We are walking in the light, in the light, in the light. We are walking in the light, in the light of God. In the light, 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 in the light. Sing, you are walking, you are walking in the light, in the light, in the light. You are walking in the light, in the light of God. Thank you very much, everyone, and thanks to all who brought your kiddos. We love seeing them, um, and it's great to have them at 930 because then everyone online can see them, too. Um, so hello, and we have our sing-along, as you know, at, um, after the 1130 service. We hope you'll join us for that. That's all are welcome. We're so excited for that. And then on um, Christmas Eve, of course, we have our family service. We've got our two services, but come to the family service, and then, well, Come to both services. No. <laughs> but if you want to see our kids in angel costumes, you know, come. And then finally, I, we have our ninth, our nursery will be open on Christmas Day. If anybody has, you know, kids who are up at 4 a.m. and at, by 9.30, they're, you're looking for something else to do. <laughs> so we will have that open. Uh, that's lots of fun stuff happening, youth and family. And thanks to all of our volunteers. Thank you. Thank you, Cassidy. Yeah. We got some, a lot of stuff going on this next week. Take advantage of it. But I just wish you, and on behalf of our board and our staff, we wish you a fabulous Christmas this year. A fabulous Christmas. Stay in touch with that presence within through all the activity. Okay, let us know together our prayer for protection and our peace song. Together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is 
I am divine and all is swell. Speak to at least three people you do not know and check out the bookstore. Everything's 25% off. I know you want at least one or two books. Let's sing together the prayer for God.
Have a great day, everybody. See you later, people online. <gasps>